Okay, thank you very much. Nice to be here. So we'll talk loud so you guys don't sleep. Um, my presentation is going to be based on our, you know, our development report of this year, which is on crime and development. But I'm not going, I, I don't want to speak about the details of the, the book. Next year we will come and present the report. I will do a little bit of a part of the report that is based on, on expectation about crime, okay? So you can come next year when I present the report. So <clears throat> the title I choose to the presentation is this about crime, perceptions, and emerging middle class in Latin America. Uh, we all know that crime has increased a lot in the region, and not only crime, but fear of crime has also risen significantly. In many countries, you know, the expectation of crime or fear of crime has been increased much more than this justified by the actual occurrence of this phenomenon. So one question that my presentation will try to answer is whether uh, <clears throat> this is related with the emerging of a new middle class in, in, in Latin America that as a part of the higher demand for public services, public institutions, etc., you will see that kind of uh, demand, you will see that kind of, it is, is in part reflected in this fear of crime that many times is not related or sometimes not related to actual occurrence of that phenomenon. Okay, I will give you the answer right away. It's, it's not, <laughs> okay? It's not related to that. So, uh, fear of crime, or high perceptions about be, being victimized, <clears throat> is a multi-class issue. It is suffered by, I mean, it's perceived by poor people, by medium-class people, and by, by rich people. So it is interesting in terms of the discussion we have this morning with, uh, with uh, Felipe in the sense that um, maybe this could be a good thing. Maybe this we can have a, like a common ground among people of different classes to rebuild the state. Because it's like uh, opting out, privatizing uh, security services. It's not that easy. I mean, you cannot replace a good police by just a private police, you know. You can be safe in your house, you can be the big, you know, big wall, but somehow you have to get out of the house, you have to be in the streets, and you can get robbed, etc. So, so that's, that, that's the point I will, I will try to make, okay? So if it is not related with the emerging middle class, to what are the reasons that we have in, in the region this high perception of crime that many times goes beyond this phenomenon. I will try to put two reasons. One is maybe the problem is the lack of reliable statistics about the phenomenon. Okay, so many times people, you know, uh, calculate expectation about you know what happened with a friend or the news, whatever. So lack of good, good uh, information, reliable statistics. A second thing is yes, the, the state again. Maybe you know, kind of look a little trust on the police, on the police institutions, okay? So, let me start just with some uh, real data about crime in Latin America. <clears throat> so, uh, this is not very happy at all compared to the previous presentation. We have uh, the highest level of crime in the world, actually. This is data on homicides, rate of homicides, uh, <clears throat> in terms of 100,000 uh, inhabitants. This is data from middle of the 90s to 2010, 2011. And you'll see in Latin America that crime is around 26, 
25, 26 for, uh, in terms of 100,000 inhabitants. In Africa, it used to be in the 90s higher than Latin America, but went down very rapidly. Now it's, uh, it's around 20, a little bit less than 20. And our rates of homicides are 20 times that you observe in developed countries. Okay? Of course, there is a, a higher heterogeneity uh, regarding homicide rates uh, within the region. Okay? If you look at this, it's like uh, big crime rates are a problem of Central America and the North or South America. In the South, you have very green things, meaning a low uh, homicide rates. So this goes from, let's say, Honduras and Salvador and Venezuela with almost 50 homicides per 100,000 inhabitants to Chile with the lower rate, 3.5. You see, this is, a, this is a value almost of developed country, okay? It's around two. Now, the dynamic of this uh, crime issue uh, is also different across countries. And uh, you will find, you know, many, many different experiences. Some countries would have, used to have very low homicide rates, like, for example, say, Panama or Costa Rica. Costa Rica with five, five, uh, five, uh, five homicides, uh, every 100,000 inhabitants, went to 10. So an, a raise, an increment of, like, 100% in, in 15 years. Panama from, went to, from 10 to 20, okay? But also countries with, oh, sorry, with already very high levels, like Venezuela, it used to have 25, now it's almost 50, okay? Uh, some countries that used to have very high homicide rates, like Colombia, uh, have very, uh, was very, were very successful in reducing the, uh, the rate of crime. It went to, let's say, 60 or 70 to 35, 30, okay? Now, even though <clears throat> you have a, a lot of heterogeneity in, this, in, ter in terms of this kind of hard data indicator of crime, homicides, we, when you look at uh, victimization rates, you see that even countries that have very low homicide rates have very high uh, levels of, of, uh, of victimization. Like, for example, Argentina. You see almost 30, 33% of the population has been victimized, victimized last year, in the last 12, 20, 12 months. Okay? Also Chile. Okay? Also Chile. Um, <clears throat> so... It's not a surprise that, you know, given the evidence of this prevalence of crime, it's not surprising that there's a major concern of the population. So here is the, our data. We have, we have made a, a survey in 17 cities in 2013 about, uh, about crime issues, and we get that 25% of the population, for 24% of the population, insecurity is the most important problem above, you know, poverty or unemployment, okay? Actually, this concern for citizen insecurity has risen enormously in the last 10 years. You see, it was, uh, it was below 10% in the 80s. It went up, it went up to almost 26, 27%, as I showed you before. Now, why we should care about fear of crime? Well, of course, actual crime generates a lot of cost, you know, health, whatever, the, the, the goods and property that is damaged, etc. But uh, many of the social costs of crime is determined by fear of crime because people will react and take decisions about giving their expectation of crime, okay? So, for example, people will change habits, okay? Or, of course, will spend, spend or invest in prevention to avoid being victimized, 
See? So here we have in the survey, we have uh, asked people <coughs> how if they have taken protective measures. Um, and here we try to measure this or, you know, across income classes. And here we have a definition about middle class, which is a little bit uh, rough, okay? So it's more a relative uh, measure. It's, it's just poor people is up to 30% of the poorest. Between 30 and 80% percentiles are the middle class, and above 80% are the richer, the high-income high class, okay? So when you do that, you see that almost all people take some type of measures, though the richest take the most of them, okay? But what are these type of measures? Well, you, you see, in terms of habits, many people, you know, there is not important difference between classes in terms of avoiding arriving home late or not carrying, sorry, or avoiding taking, talking to strangers are the same across classes. There is a big difference, of course, in terms of not carrying valuable objects. Of course, the richest have the much valuable objects. They do that more often. But again, the differences are not that big. What about spending or investment in crime protection? And here again, there are some differences. <clears throat> For example, poor people, you know, do it more like, you know, with using dogs, <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay? This is cheap, well, relatively cheap. You, know, you have to pay to, you have to feed the dog, okay? Anyway, uh, but uh, of course, in terms of, say, private surveillance, this is much higher. You see the, the rich people, 21% of the, the richest takes... Uh, you know, pay for private things. But it's not 100%. It's not 50%. Again, so you cannot totally privatize, say, a good safe, a safety, okay? Uh, of course, you have more relative about uh, insurance also. Sorry, again, insurance uh, is, a, is another thing that is uh, different, okay? Here, death insurance. Now, let me go back to these things of uh, expectations about... Uh, being victimizing, victimizing, okay? Here we, have, we use, the, uh, again, our survey to ask the people, to ask people, you know, if you take 100 families in your city, how many of them you think have been, you know, mugged, have been, you know, robbed in the last year? Well, 45% on average in Latin America. This is the response uh, that the average response in all cities. When actually the data actually tells you that it's 30%. So it's like 50% increase, you know, over, <clears throat> over expectation about this, the, the incidence of this phenomenon. So the question is, and of course, given that the responses of people depends on what they believe, you may say that if there is a much higher expectation about uh, crime, uh, social costs will, will be much higher. So you want to understand this, uh, 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 the determinant of this expectation about crime, okay? So one thing you may think, one thing you, we can say is, okay, this is a middle-class thing, given the incomes in the, in, in the region have increased, given that middle-income people now worry about, you know, safety, this is why we have this. Well, if you, if you sort of measure this expectation across income classes, you don't see a big difference. Of course, this is not a, a, a rigorous test about <clears throat> this hypothesis, but this at least suggests that this is not a problem just of the middle class. All classes worry about this, and over, uh, over <clears throat> they have an over-expectation about the incidence of crime. Okay? So let's go to another type of explanation. One is 
this idea of the lack of information, lack of real statistics about crime, that which is in many our country is a problem. Okay, so here using this survey, we run an experiment in these 17 cities in Latin America, in which we divide this, the sample in two. Okay, randomly, one half of the, of the population receive an information about the actual rate of uh, victimization in their city. And the, the other half, they receive nothing about that. Before doing this in the, in the, in the survey, we ask how much you expect, you, you think that the victimization rate is in your city. Okay, so the idea is that whether, once you give information to them that is reliable, maybe they adjust their expectation. Okay? This is the whole thing. And we show that, of course, people that overestimate, so we can, we can see that if people over, overestimate uh, uh, the incidence of crime because we have their ex-ante expectation and we have the actual ra rate, so we can see that. And, you know, people that over, overestimate uh, the, the, the incidence of crime, of course, they, they feel less, less, less safe compared to five years ago. But once to the people that we gave them information... It's like uh, once they get information and they were often overestimated, now they feel a little bit safer. You see? They feel, they feel like... So it's like giving them information which is reliable could help people to, you know, to adjust their expectation and maybe feel safer than they, compared to not receiving anything about that. So it's like one thing that you can do to uh, somehow uh, affect expectation about crime, which can affect, of course, decision could affect well-being, is to, of course, have a good statistic about this phenomenon. The second determinant that could be at play is what we call trust in police institutions. Okay? You feel that the police institutions are not uh, working well, if they are corrupt, whatever, you, of course, you feel much more insecure. So many, it could be the case that uh, behind this high expectation of a crime is a little, very little trust about police institutions. So here we have the, the data, okay? First about police services. So it is how frequently you think you, you perceive police patrolling in your neighborhood, and you see there is some difference in terms of income classes. Much of the, the poor people think that police services are much lower compared to rich people, okay? So in here you have some difference across income classes. When we ask them now about uh, trusting police, is police accessible and you can easily talk with the, any officer? Well, you see, in here, low-income people think, disagree in a much more proportion, disagree with this, uh, uh, this statement, 45% compared to 29% of rich people. So in here, you have some kind of uh, actually declining trust in institutions and in specific, in specifically in police across income levels, which could be uh, something important. Even, even though, you know, 20, 30% of the, even of the rich people think that disagree on this, on this, on this statement. Now, what about uh, people can count on the police? Again, an indication of trust. Here you, have, you see the, the difference is much less significant. 50% of the poor compared to 47% of the middle classes and 48 in the so here, the, 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 the evidence is less, 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 less strong. So let me finish. Uh, the perception of, of, is very, of insecurity is very high in Latin America. It implies significant social costs. People take decisions uh, with that type of information or, or expectation. 
this high concern for insecurity is not apparently driven by the emergence of a new middle-class phenomenon. I didn't talk about that, but actual crime occurring. I didn't say, I didn't talk about the relationship between expectation of crime and actual crime occurrence. There is a big debate there. Many people say, say that it's nothing, it's not related at all. I would, I would say that if you take aggregate data, you don't find the relationship between fear of crime and actual crime. But if you, you, you use microdata at the individual level, you find that, that relationship. But of course, it's, it's just one explanation, okay? Now, Besides actual crime, lack of real information and statistics may be held to magnify perception. As I said before, many countries in our region do not have statistics. Actual politicians try to you know, hide information because there's a, a joke that they say that uh, a minister in Argentina, when they ask, you know, okay, why you don't release information about crime in this, in this country? You see, when the crime goes down, they don't believe me. No, no, first, when the crime goes up, they, of course, I can get, I get hurt. And when this goes down, they don't believe me. So that's it. So, so you see how people think about it in our region. Trusting police and lack of effective police services could also be an important determinant. So that's why many, and I'm anticipating one of the conclusions in our book, you can think of many policies to improve security in the region. Many things, you know, like uh, hotspot hot policing, policing, many things. But if you don't get people participate in the, in, the, in the schemes. You don't get people increase the trust on the police. It's, you know, any effort is going to be like half away, okay? So you, have to, you have to work on that too. And, and this is not automatically. Finally, as I said, low-income families are less confident that police institutions can be trusted. So I just leave a question. What is, what is the implication of this for middle-income class phenomenon. I would say that fighting in crime is a multi-class multi issue. And as I said before, it could be an agenda that could get people together, you see? Because at the end, even if you are a rich guy, you, wanted to, you want to walk in your city, you want to go to the cinema. So even if you are a rich guy, you want to solve that problem. So solving that problem, even though it's politically very, very difficult, could give you like a, a common background for people from different you know, backgrounds to say, okay, let's pay taxes and get a good police. Thank you. <laughs>